It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December eleventh, two thousand fourteen. Welcome to the program. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Good to be with you as well, and I look forward to hearing from you at eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeview.com. And if you're listening to us live tonight, join in the chat room with other listeners where no doubt will be a busy night as we have a very disturbing topic to talk about tonight yeah and and uh, we've gotten quite a bit of feedback today i think it's a subject that a lot of people are, are worked up about okay uh earlier this week we came across a video actually it was a week ago tonight i forwarded it to you okay it so it's been, to it's, me and i don't know so when. it's been out there about a week yeah uh the the what we got was a was a link to a video from a church here in Tennessee, up near Nashville in Franklin, Tennessee, mm-hmm. that has uh, apparently a large church, and they bring in what they call preaching interns. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I guess, you know, and, and churches do that, bring in young people, young men who want to be preachers, and they give them some experience, give them some background, uh, help them develop their skills so that they yeah. can do the work of preaching. And that's not, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, what was... Uh, unusual about this was that this preaching intern is a female. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she's a student at David Lipscomb University in Nashville. Of course, that's a Christian college that has been historically associated with Churches of Christ. Uh, very uh, more and more so, very liberal Churches of Christ. And uh, so it's not totally surprising that Libsom would be promoting the idea of women preachers. But now this church has embraced that idea. And so a video was made, and it was it was recorded on the on the first Sunday that this young lady preached at this church, Fourth Avenue Church of Christ in Franklin, Tennessee. And uh, so the the clip the the, the it's about eight minute long. We're not going to play the whole thing, but it it shows scenes of her preaching on that Sunday. But but the really eye opening thing was not that she was preaching. It also shows her praying before the congregation. But then it the, the the video interviews her to get her thinking about it. It, it. it interviews the senior minister there at the Fourth Avenue Church in Franklin to get his thinking about it. And that's what really exposes just how far away from the truth these people have gone. All right. And what we're gonna be talking about tonight is women this this whole this whole controversy over the woman preacher. But it's not really about that. It's about a bigger picture than just what's happening there. This is a this is a road you don't get to this place overnight. This is a road that the, this group ha- and lots of groups like them who may not be this far down the road yet have started many many years ago when they started disregarding God's word on on other subjects. I think you're exactly right, Jacob. We'll see that as we see what they say about this tonight. By the way, uh, we might mention it looks like we might start bumping up against. The- our uh, bandwidth limits on our on our uh, streaming video 
if you're having some trouble, if your video's coming and going, that may be the problem, and we apologize for that. Not much we can do about All right. that. All right. Well, let us know if you, if you have problems. Let us know in the chat room. All right. Well, you sent out questions earlier today, but I think we'll hold off on those and comment on them as, as we yeah. see the clips. Yeah, and what we're going to do, we, we've got – we don't have the whole video. Uh, I, I, I was – interestingly, Jacob, the video has been taken down off of the Internet. I think that this uh, church in Franklin, Tennessee – began to get such bad publicity and so many people complaining about the outrageousness of it that they first took their video down off of YouTube. I was lucky to find it this morning on Vimeo and was able to download a copy of it before they removed it from Vimeo as well. So I get the idea, although I've not had any contact with those people up there, I get the idea that they're probably struggling under a tremendous load of, of uh, bad emails, bad emails, a lot of, a lot of bad uh, reaction to what they're doing. All right. Monty's behind the controls tonight. Monty, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeff. And we're going to put your uh, technical skills to the test uh, tonight as we go through these clips. But I, I think, think we're going to overburden them. Well, let's, let's hope not. I think you're up to it. Uh, let's go ahead and get the first clip uh, where uh, this woman is introduced. This is a special day in the life of this church. For uh, a long time, we've talked about the way we value women getting, here you... and the way we believe Scripture values women. And it wasn't that long ago that Lipscomb called and said, we've got somebody that wants to be a preaching major but needs to have an internship. And I said, send her. So, Lauren, come on up. This is our preaching intern who's about to... Yes. Look at that. Look at that. All right. So there you go. Okay. That was just uh, the the senior pastor. He's a... Uh, no, he doesn't use the term pastor. Senior minister is, is the title he uses. His name is Patrick Mead, and he was introducing this new preaching intern to the congregation there. Uh, and, I, of course, that just sort of introduces the topic. But, but Are you surprised that a Church of Christ in Nashville, Tennessee, or near Nashville, suburbs of Nashville, would have a female preacher? That 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 should just be sort of earth-shaking news. Yeah, well, but the, the, in, he mentions there that they they value women, and by implication, if you don't allow a woman to be a preacher, yeah. then you don't value her. And that simply couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah, I, I picked up on that, too. You know, the idea is the reason we are having this woman preacher is because we value women. And as you said, Jacob, the implication is that if you don't allow women to preach, you don't value them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, we would just deny that with all force because that's just simply not true. We believe absolutely what Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So uh, we value women. Uh, that's not That's not the question at all. Yeah. You know, uh, do you do you value atheists? Yeah, I value atheists too, but that that doesn't mean that they're uh, that may be a bad example, but, but that doesn't uh, mean uh, that they're sure. they're qualified to do certain things uh, in the church. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, this is interesting. Brendan from uh, he's from Eugene or uh, from Forest Grove, Oregon. Uh, and he says this, I'd like to add that those who are pushing for women to take a public role in worship are really giving women a false sense of importance. One percent of the Christian life is worship, and the other 99 percent is living the life daily, picking up the cross and teaching all that we meet. So, yeah, Brendan's on to something here. It's You don't have to be a preacher 
in order to be important. Or to be valuable. Right. And to say that there are different roles doesn't mean that one is superior to the other just because we have different roles. That's right. I can't birth children. Does that mean God didn't think I was important? He doesn't value you. Yeah. No. Uh, Jim in the chat room says, I think what the senior minister means by value is use in public service. Yeah. And that is true. I mean, he's trying to draw one-to-one. That if we value women, then we let them preach. And if we don't value women, we won't let them preach. And that's just not true, and we deny it. You know, um, I, I don't know what more to say about that, but just because people have different roles. It, you know, in a business, Jacob, if you were running a business and you had 100 employees, does it mean that you, you know, one guy does one job, one guy does something else, does it mean that you value one more than the other? Right. All are essential. Yeah. They just have different roles. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's let's. We don't need to spend a lot of time on that, uh, but it is it is the just an introduction to what's going on there in that congregation. But it's really eye opening as we go on into these clips and begin to hear some of their explanation. The next three clips, we're going to play them one at a time and comment about them. But the next three clips are from the young lady who is serving as the preaching intern at the Fourth Avenue Church in Franklin, Tennessee. Her name is Lauren King. And uh, she's sort of going to tell her how how she got into this and what caused her to take on this role. And so let's play clip two, Monty. The Lord made it very clear that he wanted me to do youth ministry. So I started majoring in Bible with an emphasis in youth ministry and did I've done three youth internships. The Lord also made it clear um, through a lot of discernment, through a lot of prayer that I was supposed to pick up a preaching emphasis along with my youth ministry emphasis and the people at Lipscomb have been so supportive of that. All right. All right. The so Lord is making it clear to her. The Lord made it very clear. The Lord wanted her to place an emphasis on preaching. I, I wonder, how does he do that? Well, she's going to go on in the next clip to sort of explain how she interprets that. But I, I just want to stop here to comment about the idea of subjective leading by God. Because I think that there are a lot of people who are, are beginning to go more and more in that direction. seems like we're hearing about this more and more frequently, that people feel like God is giving them this subjective guidance or, or leading. I feel that God wants, you know, I have this, I have this calling. She was going to use that word later in, in the video. Uh, how do we know that? Yeah. You know, how, how can, really, the people who take that view are, sooner or later, going to supplant God's word with their subjective feelings. And they're starting it, to do it here. This woman has done it already. Yeah. And now, the Bible's very clear, as we'll study here in just a little bit, uh, that women are not permitted to take the role that she's taking. And, but she feels that God wanted her to do it. He made it very clear to her that he wanted her to do this. So her feelings, her subjective feelings about what God is leading her to do, take precedence over the inspired word of God. All right. Why don't we go run, do that next clip? Because I think we're going to see how she does uh, see that the Lord's making it very clear. And it's very surprising, shocking, and scary in how she's determining what's right and what's wrong. Go ahead, Money. A lot of the ways that I've been perceiving the Lord's voice is through having peace when I walk through open doors. If I have an unpeaceful heart, then that's not really where I'm supposed to be. But if I'm in a place where I have peace about where I'm going, then that's that's the Lord telling me Yes. There you go. All right. There you, there you see it. You know, it's how she feels. It's completely about feelings. If she feels good about it, if she feels at peace with it, 
then that's God telling her. That's God telling me, yes. Yeah. That's so, that is so scary. Uh, it, it immediately calls to mind uh, Paul's statement in Acts 23, verse 1, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. God, uh, Paul was very much, when he was walking through the doors to go kill the Christians, he was he was at peace with it. He had peace with that. He was he, at peace he with was that. Sure, he, he was doing what God good wanted about him to do. it. God was yeah. telling him if he if he was if he had the same approach that uh, this this woman does, God was making it very clear to him that he needed to be persecuting the Christians. Yeah, that he, is that is a scary place to be. In fact, in Acts twenty six verse nine, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus Nazareth. He thought it was right. His yeah. feeling was this is the right thing to do. And that's what this woman is basing her actions upon. She's at peace with it. She feels good with it. Unbelievable. Well, I want to tell you, I, we could go and interview people from literally any and every religious denomination out there and ask them how they feel about what they're doing, and they would all say, we feel good about what we're doing. The uh, the terrorist bombers in the, in the, the Muslim religion, they feel they're at peace with it. Does yeah. God want them to be doing that money? Well, that's what I was going to say. The the terrorists that we see, and they are taking these people, and they're cutting their heads off with a butcher knife. They're at peace with they're that. They're sure night. that's what yeah. God, yeah. or what they understand God to be, wants them to do. So they think they've done a great thing. So we don't think it's a good thing. I, nobody that I know of thinks that's a good thing. So just because we feel at peace with it doesn't qualify anything. Well, and, and, and there's, there's no there's, – there's no, place to stand there's no foundation here if it's all based on your feelings are different than my feelings whose feelings are right well i guess you'll have to go with your feelings money and i'll go with mine jacob you go with your well the, you know, we're going to talk here a little bit later eventually. about how, how can we have unity if we're all going different directions really the yeah. the only way that we can be secure and sound is to base our actions upon the word of god all right stacy in tuscumbia alabama references proverbs 14 verse 12 there's a way that seems right to man the end thereof are the ways of death and uh stacy says one feelings do not determine what is right and wrong it is god alone as god who has the authority and power to will and command what must be obeyed this place is not given to any man or woman. Thank you, Stacy, for those comments. In the chat room, Anthony's got a couple of verses that go right to this point. Proverbs 16.25, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And Judges 17.6, in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did what was that which was right in his own eyes. Uh, so... Uh, th- this is not a new thing for people to follow their subjective feelings in regards to what they're doing. As, as, in fact, as is pointed out in those verses, that's sort of a historic thing. But the fact of the matter is it's never been authorized, and we've got to stay away from it. All right. And uh, Jim in the chat room also references Judges 21, verse 25, which says the same thing, same thing that uh, every man did what was right in his own eyes. And so we're seeing it happen here before our eyes here at the 4th Avenue Church in Franklin, as this woman has very... We've got one more clip uh, well, from her stated. as she describes sort of what led her to this point. We're going to take that clip, and then we'll get a break before we continue right, commenting. Monty, roll the clip. Preaching on a Sunday morning is something that I did not know that I would ever do in my lifetime, um, in big church, if you will. Uh, and I, I know and believe that the gifts that I have are from the Lord. All right. Well, I know I know and believe that the gifts I have are from the Lord. And so... You know, I'm pretty good at picking a lock. <laughs> you know what? I can crack, I can crack, a, crack a lock pretty good. 
I think God's gift for me is to be a bank robber. I know it's from him. Well, how to use it that way, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, th- this actually, this is not a new argument. I mean, we've, we've dealt with people about instrumental music along this same vein. You know, I'm really gifted at playing a piano, and God would want me to use my gift in the assembly, in the worship, you yeah. know. Uh, that, that's not a new argument. That's been around, but it's obviously a false argument. I'm really good at rebuilding car engines. Yeah. Would it be okay for me to bring a, a, an engine into the assembly and take it down and put it back together during the worship? Yeah. I mean, it's not a question of what your gifts are. It's a question of what's authorized. A- hey, Monty, Aaron apparently was pretty good at goldsmithing uh, as he made that golden calf. Was that a gift from God that he needed to be using like that? Well, we may have lots of gifts or abilities that God has given us, but that doesn't mean that we need to be misusing them. We can use them in good ways, but we can also misuse the abilities God's given us. So the fact that this girl apparently has a an ability for maybe some type of public speaking doesn't mean that she should misuse it by doing it in the public worship in God's house. That's right. In the chat room, Mike says, if she were to disagree with our views on this show tonight and we tell her that we are at peace with this, would she accept that? Because we feel good about it. Probably not. <laughs> Brendan in Oregon says they're not entirely wrong when they say that uh, they are led by the Spirit. Uh, they're not wrong in the sense that the Spirit does lead us. However, it is through the Word that the Spirit leads us. For the writing of the Word was inspired by the Spirit, and it was guided by the Spirit. Colossians 3.16 tells us we are to let the Word of Christ dwell in us, and if uh, it is dwelling within us, uh, that it is, it is His teaching. We are guided by the Spirit because we know the Lord. Thank you, Brendan. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's, let's grab a break, Jacob. And when we come back, we're going to finish commenting about this uh, young lady and the, the way she described what led her to take on this role. Uh, we got quite a bit more to cover, and we'll try to do that. But let's let's go ahead and get our first break. If you're not signed in the chat room tonight, now's the perfect time to do that during and, the break. And we may, and we it looks to me like we're probably hitting hard against our bandwidth limits. And so, if you're having some problem with the video, that's probably why you we may apologize. have to catch it in the podcast. Yep. But uh, we'll look forward to your comments. Sign in the chat room. Give us a call eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. We'll be back right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hi, my name is Mike Johnson. I'm a member here at the College of You Church of Christ. Have you ever heard someone say that the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic? Generally, people say this when we say that we must be careful to follow all the commands that God has given us. When we say, God says we must do this, or God doesn't command us to do that, people respond with, the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic. Well, while it may be impossible to know exactly what people mean when they make this accusation, if they are accusing us of being legalistic because we say that we should follow all the instructions that God has given us, then that accusation is correct. But let me ask you this. Which of the commands that God has given us should we ignore? Can we pick and choose which commands we follow, or must we follow them all? Jesus said we have to follow all the commands of God when he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We want to call Jesus our Lord, so we try to follow all the commandments that he has given us. Us. We don't in any way think that following God's commands earns our salvation, but we do think it is necessary to be pleasing to Him. Here at the College of You Church of Christ, we're trying to follow every command that God has given us. If, as a result, some people call us legalistic, then so be it. We think it's what God calls being righteous. Here's some quotes worth pondering. A teacher can never tell where his or her influence stops. Every accomplishment starts with the decision to try. Others will see what you're all about by what you live rather than what you say. 
Abraham Lincoln said, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six sharpening my axe. Commitment will find a way. Indifference will find an excuse. Two persons cannot long be friends if they cannot forgive each other's failings. Man, wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about the woman preacher in the church in Franklin, Tennessee. It's shocking, but, uh, well, I think Stacy in Tuscumbia uh, really summarized it well. He says, where do you begin with this one? There's so much error here. But this, of course, is the end result of many years of a failure to understand the supremacy of God's inspired word, which rules over the desires, wishes, feelings, and will of man. You will also notice instruments of music in the background. If you act without authority in one thing, you will act out again and again without a thus saith the Lord. And that is true. Thank you, Stacy, for that comment. Yeah, Jim, uh, Jim in Kentucky says, her comments about the subjective leading of the Holy Spirit, how does one know they are being led? Her answer was that if her heart was at peace, she knew it was right. That is another subjective answer. How does one know their heart is at peace? The people on the day of Pentecost were sent an affliction to guide them to guide them to the truth, a pricked heart, not a peaceful one. It seems then that when it comes to Scripture and what she feels, she's going with what she feels. In other words, if there's a difference between the Scriptures and what she feels, she goes with her feelings. How then, as a preacher, can she even preach, t- teach people to heed the, and obey God's Word when her own excuse and example is to go with her feelings? I think you're right, Jim. Exactly right. All right. Let's go to the phone, and we'll get uh, Jim, I think, calling from Indiana. Jim, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you. Hey, Jim, go ahead. I would just like to listen, be able to listen to the dialogue. Sure. Oh, you, so you're having trouble with the video tonight, I guess. I'm having trouble getting on, on okay? Oh, well, sure. Well, we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you listen in, and that's no problem. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll mute your line there, and, you, and if you, you got any comments now that you'd like to throw in? Well, I looked at, I watched the video earlier. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's a preview of things to come. Okay. Uh, I think you're right, Jim. I think this is a real indicator of the way things are going, and it's not a good sign for sure. So hang in there, Jim, and we'll we'll keep talking, and we'll we'll have you there where you can hear for a minute. Okay. All right. Uh, we got an email from Chris in Atlanta. He says, The Holy Spirit does not speak with a human voice to us today. He guides us into all truth through careful, diligent study of God's Word. I found it humorous when she said she could discern God's being in agreement, uh, she could discern God being in agreement with her when she felt at peace. Not to be flippant, but I smoked a lot of marijuana in high school before I was a Christian. And I felt at peace when I was high on marijuana. Wow. I'm sure God was not agreeing with my decisions at that time. Wow. Thank you, Chris, for sharing that. And uh, that, uh, boy, it's just, it's just so scary. But yeah. you, you made a good point, though. There are a lot of people who are leaning in this direction of uh, God's got to tell me or whisper in my ear somehow certain things about how I, how I should live. He's I, given me everything that I need to live right here in his word. And if he's going to do that, how am I going to know that it's God? And you know what's very concerning to me is you know, th- this this Fourth uh, Avenue congregation in Franklin is obviously a very liberal group of people still. They still wear the name Church of Christ, but they've gone far, far away from what we believe the Bible teaches concerning the authority for the church. But I'm concerned that more conservative-minded people are also leaning in this direction. And there's been indication, uh, even from some other congregations in our own area, that there are people who are taking this view that, uh, you know, God is leading us to do this or that. Or I feel, you know, 
or God spoke to me. I uh, recently we talked about some who actually said they heard His voice in their ear. I'll tell you, once we begin taking subjective guidance in in place of the absolute inspired word of God, we're in trouble. We've opened the door, and well, we see what's going to walk through it here. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we ready to go on to yeah. the next clip? Okay. The next clip is uh, a woman of the church there in Franklin. Uh, her title is Minister of Administration. I don't know what that means other than maybe she's the office manager or maybe she's just the secretary. I don't know. But uh, the, the, the clip says she's the Minister of Administration. And she's going to talk about having this female preaching intern. And she says it's Jesus that's yeah. leading in that way. Yeah. I mean, that's, wow, this. get a hold of this. All right, Catch go ahead, this, Bonnie. Yeah. Um, our church embraces uh, lots of differences. We want to be a body of unity and embrace differences. Um, and sometimes we don't walk that out very comfortably. We stagger and stumble and trip over ourselves sometimes in that. But it's just that part of being open to change. If that's what Jesus is calling us to do, we're ready to do it. But it- Well, there you go. Jesus is calling them to change. Uh, that's... Uh, I- I don't know. I mean, uh, to me, that's just shocking. It just, I mean, it just, it's just almost leaves you with your mouth I mean, uh, hanging open. You can do. You can play that clip from any denomination uh, around, and that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff well, you hear. First of it. all, what a contradictory statement. We 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 are a church. Uh, we 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 emphasize unity. We embrace differences. <laughs> uh, you know, if we're united, we're not different. You know, yeah. uh, you know. So you say you say that this Bible is green. Yeah. Monty says it's red. I say it's black. We embrace differences. We're we just unified. embraced it. We're unified. We don't agree, but we're unified. Yeah, how you know, are you going to define it? it? Yeah, I think Anthony uh, says here uh, he's concerned uh, that uh, the, the idea of unity and embrace means embracing differences uh, just means that anything goes. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Um, Jesus, if if that's what Jesus is is leading us to do we're ready to do it how would jesus lead them i I want to know how would jesus if jesus wanted women preachers in the church how would you how would he lead us to that change how would we know that apart from extra biblical revelation right and in fact revelation that contradicts what he already told us he wanted us to do yeah and so that would make god the author of confusion Absolutely. Which First Corinthians fourteen says he is not. Yep. But uh, how, how would we know? Uh, Jeff in the chat room mentions the reference to our church, and well, it probably it is there. Is. Yeah, yeah. Good, it probably Jeff. is their church. Okay. Uh, Jim in Kentucky says uh, Jesus is calling us to change, but it's through obedience to the gospel, not some subjective feeling. And Anthony concludes that we must just not be part of quote unquote the movement. You know, there were some. Parts of that video that I didn't include, and they said it, it was the idea, change is coming. We're a part of a movement, and I didn't include those parts, yeah. those uh, sections in, in the video clips that we're playing tonight. But they, they are really on the move. They're, le- they're moving. They're changing. It's, you know, really, would, wouldn't you argue that there's, there's a lot of things different in the way we think? But one of the, one of the big differences is, is we think that the right approach to Christianity is to try to go all the way back to the beginning, do things just the way they did them in the first century. Yeah. They don't think that. 
They think that this is a fluid thing. It's a changing thing. And it's the, a movement. And We're, almost like there's some value or benefit to being on the cutting edge of that movement. Uh, it seems that many are feeling that way. Yeah, I think so. Um, Philip in the chat room says, the piece she refers to sounds almost like the denominational idea that uh, we are that the Spirit moves us to do and feel the Lord's will instead of book, chapter, and verse. He references Colossians 3, 16, and 17. Thank you, Philip, for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see. Um, should we go to the next clip? Yeah, let's play, let's play the next clip in which this young lady herself joins into the idea about sort of unity in diversity. All right. I would love to see, okay, you prefer to worship this way and you get to know the Lord better this way and you serve him better over here. Awesome. And you serve the Lord over here and you get to know him better this way and you worship in this scenario. Awesome. Let's just respect each other and be unified with the fact that we love the Lord. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. You like it that way. I like it this way. Great. That's awesome. Let's just be united on the fact that we all love the Lord. Well, I've got a question on that, though. Okay, Monty. If I'm going to respect you and your way and you and your way, where's the part about respecting God in his way? I think that's a good question. That's a good point. But, you know, uh, this, wouldn't, this would not preclude us then from having fellowship with everything religiously. Call it religion, and that mentality would say we have to accept it and fellowship it. Go back to the Old Testament. You worship with a gold calf. I worship with a, the serpent on the pole. Uh, you worship Baal, I worship, uh, you know, whatever, and God's okay with that. Are we going to be okay if we decide to worship Molech and right. and offer our children as burnt offerings? I don't read I don't read God taking it that way in the Old Testament. He was pretty sound he in said his condemnation of it. My way, or you don't. Yeah. Uh, in well, the chat re- repeatedly when he was telling Moses, do it exactly like I show you on the mountain. Lest you die. I mean, he was. It wasn't. I'm going to be a little bit miffed about this. It's you're going to do it or you're going to die. And we see early on Nadab and Abihu departed from it and died. All right, absolutely. In the chat room, Jim says the Methodists like it this way, the Baptists like it th- that way. So can we all be happy with everyone's religion? Uh, I think that's the right question. What would this young lady say? Of course, she doesn't go into it, but I'm I I can be happy with. Worshiping at a Baptist church that teaches faith only salvation and denies the necessity of baptism. Would she be okay with that? Well, logically, she should She'd be. She'd have to be. Logically, she should be. I don't, I'm not going to, you know, you can't ascribe her a position that she hasn't personally espoused, but her logic would lead to that conclusion. That's what we have to press. All right. Uh, Stacy in Tuscumbia, Alabama says, My reaction was just how much this video looks like just anything you would see within a denomination or what you might hear coming out of the mouth of Victoria Olson. I, I think that's Amen right. to that, Stacy. And Brendan in Oregon says, There can be some degree of unity and diversity to the same degree water and oil mixed together. And Brendan references Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. You know the passage there with all the ones, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, so forth. Uh, very exclusive. We see an exclusive uh, doctrine presented in the New Testament, not this uh, ecumenical one. Yeah. Um, Jim in Kentucky says, uh, this is the calling card of denomination of the denominational world and the rejection of God's word, plain and simple. It is saying that both you and I can be in unity, even though we don't agree. Her use of terms like our tribe and our heritage betray her lack of understanding of God's word and her determination to reject it. Can one imagine John or Peter or Paul writing that we are to obey Jesus because it is our heritage? 
Our obedience is not based on fleshly things. Yes. It's a shame that Lipscomb University has gone so far that they are now clearly denominational in their attitudes toward God's people. That is a result of all the colleges that our brethren start. Look at Pepperdine, uh, Abilene Christian, Bethany College, and so forth. They all end up embracing the denominational concepts and just become breeding grounds for false teachers. It's a shame that her own father would not rebuke her for abusing God's way just so that she can do what she feels is right. It's a shame to this man who is a senior pastor that he would not have the backbone and courage to stand up for God's word and instead blame each of us for misunderstanding God's word and even have the arrogance to blame Paul for his teaching. We're going to see that in a minute in another clip. It's a shame for this whole congregation to use the term Church of Christ when their purpose is not to seek to honor and glorify God by obedience to his will. This is just another example of men rebelling against God because they want their own king. How would such a group rebuke those who call for homosexual marriage, for homosexual preachers? How would such a group rebuke those who would call for single elders, for women elders? For surely a woman has been called to preach. Surely if a woman has been called to preach, then she most definitely will be called to be a shepherd. Yeah. What about musical instruments? What about salvation without baptism? What about Saturday evening worship? What about substituting wheat, bread, and Coke for the Lord's Supper, and so forth. The answer is they cannot rebuke those things. Once you open this Pandora's box of an ex, uh, an excuse for allowing one thing, it will work for anything. You're right, right. Jim. Exactly right. Well right. said. Chris in Atlanta, finally, before our break, says, you can certainly be united in this way, but you are united in sin. I'd rather be united with those that love, respect, and accept God's word as he gave it and not twisted to suit our own desires. Thank you, Chris, for that comment. Uh, We're going to get a break and get this week's bullet point. When we get back, there's still some more shocking uh, video to go as we look at uh, this uh, shocking thing that's going on in the church in Franklin, Tennessee. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. A trip to the doctor is seldom a pleasant experience. Usually such a visit is motivated by a physical malady of some sort that requires the doctor's medical expertise to diagnose and treat. We're already suffering some distress and discomfort, so we really want the doctor to show his best bedside manner, to ease our minds and to cure our bodies. We definitely don't want him to approach our situation with a harsh, negative attitude. We certainly don't want him to display a all is lost, there is no hope, this is the end type of demeanor. We want him to be honest and thorough, to examine us with a critical eye, but at the same time we need him to be positive, encouraging, and helpful. And if treatment is necessary, even a very serious type of treatment, we need him to handle it all in a loving and caring fashion. Sometimes, unfortunately, dealing with our brethren is not a very pleasant experience either. It is, however, the case that occasionally we will need to deal with situations that we wish never had happened. Maybe someone is engaged in a sinful deed that has gained the attention of others in the church or the community. Perhaps it involved the teaching of a questionable or false doctrine. Or it might just have been a case of very poor judgment on the part of a brother or sister. Whatever has caused this situation, honest and faithful Christians will feel compelled to address it. How we attend to such matters says a lot about us, our character, our heart, and our love for one another. If we cannot or will not manage such instances with brotherly love and respect, then there's something gravely wrong. Just like the doctor who needs great bedside manner, we need great discretion and tact in the church. We can never ignore circumstances that require our attention. We definitely need to evaluate everything said and done in the church. We need a critical eye for everything involved in our work and worship together. But we urge great caution, diligent prayer, and loving action on the part of every disciple. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program too. Gracias. 
Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. Welcome you back to the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, or come and worship with us if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area. As we strive to do what we read about in God's Word, not what we feel is right, and not what we want to do, but what God has told us to do, we're striving to do that. And if you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to come and worship with us. We're talking about the woman preacher yeah. in Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, and and we're having we're certain that we're having bandwidth trouble, Jacob. And so you so, want to you'll want to catch it in the podcast yeah, yeah. if you're having trouble uh, yeah. tonight. We'll and, have the podcast up tonight. We'll have the video of the tonight's program up tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's about so. 20 minutes after the top of the hour, and it should be there for you. And uh, we're going to go ahead and put the entire length of uh, this video at the tail of this of the program. Yeah, and that video, you, the, our, the video of the whole program with the clips and the entire. Uh, video about this woman will be up sometime tomorrow morning yeah. so we'll just can... tag it right onto the end of our program tonight so you'll stay yeah. tuned to the end you can hear it all uh just to make sure that we haven't taken anything out of context or if you want to just hear the whole story it'll be there okay uh, some shocking things though as we've uh, seen that they're being, they're they're following this road of subjective leading by god where they just basically determine what they want to do if they feel right about it uh, they're being led by Jesus to make these changes, to do things that are contrary with what Jesus told us to do in the New Testament, but now he's telling them something different, and uh, we can all be unified in it. Yeah. So we're going to go to the next clip here, and now the next two clips are from the senior minister, Patrick Mead, and he's going to try to tell, tell us that if we think the Bible says there, that you can't have women preachers, you're just not reading it right. And so uh, let's see how he tries to explain that. All right, Bonnie, roll the clip. I, I do not believe that Paul, in two verses, two passages, was trying to undo the rest of Scripture. I think he was addressing a temporary issue in Corinth and Ephesus. And I think that if we know our history, we can see what it was. He was not trying to make rules for everybody and every time, or we wouldn't be allowing widows to be fed if they were of a certain age, and we wouldn't be allowing women to have jewelry on. No, these were temporary things for temporary times. Well, is Paul trying to undo the rest of the scripture with two verses? Okay, now, just take that statement by itself as a standalone. Paul in two verses. Now, the verses he's going to talk about, we'll read in a minute, from 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Timothy 2. But he, he says Paul wasn't trying to undo the rest of the Scripture with two verses. So the rest of the Scripture says it's okay for yeah, women to right, preach. Right. But these two verses say no, so these two verses can't be taken to contradict so many other plain, clear ones. That said women need that, to be preaching, yeah. That, that's what you would be led to believe by that statement, that yeah. the rest of the Scriptures are just full of information of authorizing women to preach. Paul made a couple comments that should not, and in those two comments, he 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 wasn't trying to undo all the rest. Yeah. Well, where are those verses that authorize one to read? Now, the two verses that he's talking about: First Corinthians fourteen, verse thirty-four: Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it's not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Yeah. I don't know about you, Jacob, but that seems pretty clear to me. I mean. Uh, and then the other one is in Second Timothy chapter two verse twelve. We, or excuse me, First Timothy two verse twelve. We, we know what he's talking about. Yeah. We know the verses that he that he's trying to take his penknife and cut out of the scriptures. First uh, Timothy chapter two verse twelve. 
I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Yeah. Now, his argument is that these were just temporary measures. They were sort of addressing specific cultural issues uh, of the day in a city like Corinth, and that they weren't rules for all people of all time. How are we going to distinguish that? Now, I, I do. I mean, I do think that there are some things in the scriptures that were not meant to be binding for all time. But there has to be something that would indicate that so in these plain statements about women preachers. Right. For instance, in the context of First Timothy chapter two, where it says, I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over man, but to be in obedience. He says, that's just temporary. That wasn't for all time. We'll back up two verses. Let women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Does the does the modesty rule apply? Probably it's not. It's in the same context. Yeah. But did you hear him make that little snide remark about we could, women couldn't wear jewelry? Right. right. Well, this is this never was forbidding jewelry altogether. It was it was forbidding ostentatious display. Yeah. But it never was forbidding jewelry. Uh, and putting an emphasis on the good works rather than the outward yeah. appearance. And if you interpreted the, the scriptures as uh, they were meant to be interpreted, you'd understand that rather than using them as a pry bar against the other passages that are so clear on the subject at hand. Yeah. The same statements made in First Peter chapter 3, whose adorning let it not be, speaking of women, godly women, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair, wearing gold, putting on of apparel, but of the hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Uh, so if it, if we were to take that absolutely literally, it, then she couldn't even wear clothes. She couldn't adorn herself with any clothes. It's just talking about ostentatious, immodest display is what's being forbidden. But again, if mo- if you can use First Timothy 2, if the, if the instructions about modesty are still applicable... Then how how do I draw a line between two verses? Say that part still applies, this part doesn't apply. I, I don't see it. I I, and, I think he's, and he's then he, out on a limb. And then he goes to the to the extreme of saying that if we're going to hold to this position that women uh, should not take a leading role in the assemblies, then we should also forbid widows unless they're of a certain age from being fed. Again, a total misunderstanding of the passage. Yeah, well, he, there he's referencing. First Timothy chapter, chapter five, five right. where it talks about taking a widow into the number. Right. In other words, a woman. First Timothy five describes a situation uh, beginning of verse nine where a widow might be made the permanent benevolent yeah. responsibility of the church, yeah. and she had to meet certain qualifications in order to be brought into the number. Yeah. But that that's not to say that a younger widow or a widow who didn't meet those qualifications couldn't receive some benefit from the yeah. church. She just couldn't be taken on as a permanent responsibility yeah. of the church. Hey, it's no, it's not a new tactic. Those who want to endorse error often go to the scriptures and find a passage, take it and misapply it to say, well, we can't follow this instruction because that would make us mean that we'd have to follow this other instruction that's extreme and we would, and it wouldn't make sense. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a method and a tactic that's used quite often by those who want to endorse error. He's doing it here and it's not effective. It doesn't work. Uh, it does not justify what he wants to. Do. All right, now uh, we've got a few comments here. Uh, Stacy uh, in Alabama says, 
It is to be noted that Paul's teaching in 1 Timothy 2, beginning verse 8 through 14, goes back to the Genesis account as to why a woman is not permitted to teach or have authority over man. Man was firm, formed first. That's God's order of creation. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 3. The woman was deceived and fell into transgression. If I respect the will of God above my own feelings, as we've earlier noted, I will accept and obey this teaching. I think is right. Uh, Brandon in Oregon says on First Timothy 2, knowing that this is indeed a letter to the evangelist Timothy, my question comes up, why would Paul write to him instructions if he did not intend for Timothy to keep those instructions in every congregation that he might, pre- uh, might have preached in? There's nothing in the text to suggest, from what I read, that those instructions in Timothy are for one specific group. Because I'm still a babe in Christ, only six years, I will say only what I know to be true on 1 Corinthians 14. That is, it was dealing with a local issue that much is clear. But we know uh, that all the epistles were circulatory letters and were to be read in all the assemblies. So if something was stated for one group and then read by all others, it would stand a reason that it should be applied to all others. That being said, we have to read this with common sense. It is taking in context, uh, it is talking in context about the public teaching and preaching. Otherwise, women would be, would be sinning then when singing, which is a command for all. Thank you, Brendan, for your comments. Yeah, uh, Jim says, if these were only local restrictions, then can we not say the same thing about everything in those epistles? Was the Holy Spirit only writing for the temporary benefit of the Corinthians and no one else? Why did Paul instruct the Colossians to share their epistle with the Laodiceans and to also read the epistle given to Laodicea, Colossians 4, verse 16? One common tactic of false teachers is to suggest that what God has said is not really for us. Uh, and then he reflects on how that was even Satan's uh, methodology in Genesis 3. Satan said, God has said, ye shall not eat and neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the servant said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened. In other words, what God said, God didn't really mean what he said. Yeah. It doesn't apply to you. Yeah. Many in the denominational world use as their excuse for what they do that the Bible is either outdated or does not really apply to us today. This is the excuse of those who seek to gain entrance for homosexuals into the church. All right. Thank you, Jim. Now, you got to get a hold of Chris's uh, argument here because it, it seems extreme but it follows the same logic they're using here. Were these cultural restrictions that are not binding today? Chris answers, no. If this is the case, you could use a similar argument for just about any sin. Today it is lawful to murder unborn babies. Using their logic, the Bible's prohibition on murder was a cultural issue and not applicable today since abortion is accepted in today's Western culture. You get that? Mm -hmm. So what Paul said, don't murder, but... That was in that time. Now it's okay to murder because the culture accepts it. Yeah. Like yeah, Paul yeah. said, it, w- women shouldn't speak. But that was just in that day when women, it wasn't acceptable for women to speak. Now it's acceptable, so they can. Mm-hmm. All right. He goes on. The same same argument could be used for adultery, lust, drunkenness, etc. All of these are accepted as normal in our culture today. But we know that God prohibits all of these things. The cultural argument is nonsense. Additionally, in First Timothy chapter 2, 13 and 14, Paul supports his argument by referring back to Adam and Eve. This was certainly referring to a different time and culture than that of Paul's day. Excellent arguments there, Chris. Appreciate those. I think that's exactly right. All right. Um, and, uh, and in the chat room, Mike J. says, does the love your wife as Christ loved the church in Ephesians 5 also have an expiration date, according to this senior pastor? Have always wondered how they pick some things as being just for that time and not applicable for today, yet other things are okay throughout time. 
Again, I gotta, I gotta make the point that I was just alluded to earlier. I think there are some things that were temporary in nature in regards to instructions in the, in, in the New Testament, but I think they're clearly spelled out. And I think we can identify those. We're not left to just choose what we like and exclude the rest. Uh, I think that there are some things we can say, well, that was for a time. Uh, you know, for instance, even in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, Paul was arguing that it would be better for Christians not to marry. And he says, I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. Normally, it's good to marry. Under those unique circumstances, Paul said, in this present distress, it'd be better not to be married. Yep. And so, I mean, there are some things like that, but they are identified for us, and we're not left to wonder. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. We're, we're, we're over time here. When we get back, we've got three more clips to go, and these are just as shocking as the rest, so you want to hear them. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study. You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. 27% of white children, 35% of Hispanic children, 66% of black children do not live with their biological father. 40% of children who do not live with their biological father have not seen him in the last 12 months. 85% of children with behavioral problems come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. That information is via Preteen Through Teenage Parenting Action Guide. The Word of God says in Ephesians 6, verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program as we talk about the woman preacher in Franklin, Tennessee, and the shocking video that was posted justifying that as we go along. I think we're ready. Uh, uh, the the, the senior minister is giving his explanations why he thinks it's okay. He's basically, first of all, said that his first explanation is those are just temporary restrictions. The restrictions that we often go to, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Timothy 2, telling that women should not be teaching over men, those are temporary restrictions for the day. They don't apply to all time. They don't. They certainly don't apply to us. That's not the only argument he's going to make. He, he makes another argument. Let's hear this next clip, Monty. Okay, Monty. What the Bible does is it tells me about Jesus. And I don't read Jesus through Paul. I read Paul through Jesus. 
And I think the churches of Christ are actually getting this, that we no longer read all of the Bible as equal. Wow. All the Bible is not equal. Yeah. You don't read Jesus through Paul. You read Paul through Jesus. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit in doubt as to what that – that's some kind of a cliche phrase he's using there, and I'm not sure. But I, maybe maybe some of our listeners can help on that. Well, Aaron in Baton Rouge, Louisiana says um, – I believe the interpretation of this man's statement is very simple. This is a man who does not believe that Paul was inspired. He believes that Paul was not part of the promise to the apostles that the Holy Spirit would guide them into all truth, John sixteen thirteen. So he understands the teach the leading of the Spirit better than Paul did because mean old Paul still had a lot of old prejudices that he hadn't overcome, like so called enlightened people today. He believes that Paul was simply making it up when he said, if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. In the very same context, 1 Corinthians 14, where he addresses the role of women in the collective assembly. Before long, this gentleman will be in the same camp as the Presbyterian who came on your show and said that he understands human sexuality better than Jesus did. So he understands things about homosexuality that Jesus couldn't see because even Jesus labored under the limitations of the human wisdom of his day. Ultimately, this statement is the same as the intern statement about knowing that God approves when we feel at peace with ourselves. Both statements set up humanity as the ultimate judge of what is right and wrong. It is because they do not acknowledge the king in Israel that they believe it's okay to do whatever is right in their own sight. Yep. You, this, go ahead. He, he, uh, he, what he said there is very important. Where Paul said that he was writing the commandments of the Lord in First Corinthians fourteen. Yeah. All right. He says he's writing the commandment of the Lord. Je- so do we read Paul through Jesus? Yes. And Jesus said that Paul would be teaching the things the Spirit was instructing him, as we read there in John chapter uh, 16, where he, the Spirit would guide them into all truth, John 16, verse 13. So Jesus said he was going to send the Spirit to the apostles and going to guide them in all truth. Paul said he was teaching that truth. So when Paul yeah. is teaching these things, he's teaching what Jesus said. You know, that what's interesting is that this guy, this is 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty-seven. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual... Let him acknowledge that the things I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Well, this guy's basically acknowledging that he's not a spiritual man. He's a carnal man. A, a spiritual man will acknowledge that what Paul said are the commandments of the Lord. All right. Uh, Aaron's got a little uh, bit that, more that's, here. It's, it's, that's three verses down from, or two verses down from the passage, the first in, in question here. Yeah, yeah. He says it is the, the word of the Lord. All right, go ahead. Uh, uh, Aaron goes a little bit further. The statement in the video that echoed the loudest to me was the statement that in many churches we no longer read all of the Bible as equal. This is exactly what the religious defenders of homosexuality say. We can disregard Paul's statement about morality because some parts of the Bible aren't as truthful as others. One such defender of gay marriage, a female Lutheran pastor, said that, quote, as Lutherans we don't give each part of the Bible equal weight. Luther described the Bible as the cradle of Christ. The whole book contains the story of God, but some parts touch the baby more closely than others. This is exactly the reasoning here. The things in the Bible that we don't like, we will disregard because surely Jesus would agree with us that they aren't sufficiently loving. Excellent comments. And uh, Stacy in Tuscumbia, Alabama is on the same uh, wavelength as Aaron tonight. Uh, he references 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where it says, I write you the commandments of the Lord. Paul said that. In the same context, he says, what Paul says is what Jesus says. Thank you for that. We have an email from Wade. 
He says, I feel like he's saying the same thing as the Methodist preacher that was on the VBS that said he knew more than Jesus. Actually, that was a a Presbyterian preacher who said he knew more than Jesus about homosexuality. Paul was being guided by the Holy Spirit, which was promised by Jesus, John 16, 13. Uh, So I think you're exactly right, Wade. All right. Brendan says, I can take that as what this this man is saying. He says, I can take that as we can ignore the apostles because they're not Jesus. It's interesting that he would say this is being uh, that they seem to teach Holy Spirit uh, direct guidance today. Uh, and yet would go as far as saying not to listen to Paul all the time because he's not Jesus, even though um, even though he was directly inspired and guided by the Holy Spirit, who was part of the Godhead and therefore part of Christ. It's interesting. Brendan says they think God's leading them, but they're rejecting what Paul was saying when God was absolutely leading <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank that's you, Brendan, point. for that. we got to go quickly here. we got a phone call. Let's grab we that. Do. All right. Uh, we'll go to the phone. And Wade is on the line from Hampshire. Wade, welcome to the program. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for calling. Um, I haven't really got to listen to the program tonight, but I sent an email. I just want to clarify my statements about unity. Um, I, I truly believe that in John, I think it was John 17, where Jesus talked about unity among his believers. I think that what we have to take from what Jesus was saying was not that we accept everybody based on their beliefs. That, uh, we just accept them, and, and we're unified because we got a bunch of people there that believe in just one thing. But if you'll notice in the statements that I put, the verses right above uh, where he mentions unity, he had said the world hates me. Why do they hate him? They hate him because he was teaching something that was, that was odd to them. And they didn't want to accept that. And Jesus was saying, I want my followers to be unified in God's word and what we're teaching, not to just accept everybody. Yeah, I think you're right, Wade. We got to we got to go real quick, Wade. We're just out of time. Uh, we're we're dealing with just another part of that video right now. But I appreciate your comments on unity. Thanks for calling. Oh, okay. Thank you for participating, Wade. And, uh, and we got uh, one more one clip. More, we got to get in. Let's grab this last clip. Right, and it's back clip. to Lauren King, the female okay. preaching intern, and she gives some more thoughts about using your gifts. I want every teenager, girl and guy, to know that regardless of what the gifts that the Lord gave them are, they can use them for his kingdom. doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. You can use them for the Lord's kingdom. And that's hard sometimes um, to be a certain gender and to, to think that you're not allowed to. But I, I want those lies to be gone. I don't want the enemy to have that hold over anyone. If the Lord's given you a gift, you are allowed to use it to glorify him. And you're called to use it to glorify him. So I would say I would want those girls to to believe that and to know that and to feel that and to feel that from him and to know that there's not a clashing of, I'm so confused because this is what I've learned my whole life, but yet this is what God's calling me to. I mean, I think of like Abraham, like murder is wrong, but God was like, go kill your son. And he was like, I'm following you. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you say. And, like, if a girl has a calling and a passion and she knows that the Lord is telling her something, do it. Okay. That probably, that's, that the that's the topper. That's the topper. You yeah. know, hey, you do need to use your gifts to glorify God, but you don't do it by disobeying him. Plain that's and simple, right. if you want to glorify God, you do what he said. You don't glorify him by spitting in his face and doing whatever you want to do. Yeah, did you catch that? It's the enemy who is telling these girls they can't preach. That, it's the, it's, that's the work of Satan. To tell, you, tell girls they can't preach. I'll tell you preach. what the enemy's telling these girls. He's telling them, and if you don't preach, you're a failure. 
Yeah. That's what he's whispering in your ear. You've got to preach or else you're not doing anything for yeah. the Lord. That's what he's trying. That's the lie you got, he's got you believing. But do you see, I mean, we're out of time, and, and we're going to go ahead and play this whole thing together now with the parts that we also did not include in these clips. But you just, I mean, I think the advantage of an exercise like we've engaged in tonight in the Virtual Bible Study, Jacob, is just, it just illustrates that when we leave the Word of God, there's no stopping place. Yes. There's no place to set our anchor, and we're just totally adrift. Absolutely. Stacy said it well. Uh, If you act without authority in one thing, you will act out again and again without a thus saith the Lord. Once you open the door, you can't logically shut it. You can't. You, once you give up the ground that we're going to do only what the scriptures teach, then you have no ground to stand on. When someone wants to say, I think we should have a woman preacher, how are you going to say no? When someone says, I think we need to have homosexual preachers, how are you going to say no? If someone wants to say, I think we need to bring in an altar and worship, uh, uh, worship some idol, how are you going to say no once you give up the requirement for Bible authority? In the chat room, Philip. Uh, mentions Second Timothy two fifteen. We're supposed to handle the right the word of God, and he says it's not a matter of how we divide our feelings, our peace, and so forth. It's how we handle the word of God, and I think that's right. And that's what's and that's what's being so seriously abused in all of this is the word of God. You don't get here overnight. It's no. been a it's been a progression, and it's been going on for a long time in that church, and it's going on in a lot of other churches. And, around and the I want to tell you something to our brethren, to our conservative brethren who think that. The issues that divide us with liberal churches of Christ are not significant and don't matter. Think again, because look where this leads. Look where this leads. I, I, even recently, it's been suggested that we shouldn't we shouldn't be so uh, condemning of our liberal brethren. Look where it leads. We have got to take our stand for the truth. All right, Monty, you've been ve- you've been well. You've sort of just been edged out tonight in the conversation. We haven't given you time, but uh, any comments before we close? Well, uh, you know, I thought of several things to say tonight, but then y'all would go ahead and say them before I got a chance to. So I think the topic has been well covered as well as it can be in the time we've got allotted. But it, it still it boils down to authority. Do I have authority from God to do whatever this activity is I'm engage- wanting to engage in? And if I have authority from the scriptures, then I need to do it. I'm commanded to do it. And if I don't have authority, I need to see how far away I can stay from it. All right. Shocking, though. Shocking, very shocking stuff. Again, apologies to those who weren't able to get in and participate tonight because of our bandwidth limitations. We'll have the podcast up here in just a few minutes tonight. You can listen to the program real soon. We'll have the video of it up tomorrow morning, and and it'll have all of the clips and everything included in I guess right now, Jacob, we're going to go to the whole video that was out there. It has now been taken down. I think we mentioned this early in the program. This video was up on YouTube and it was up on Vimeo, but both sites have it taken down now and not accessible. It gives you the idea that this church in Franklin probably getting a lot of negative feedback All for right. what they're doing. All right, we'll go ahead and close the program out, and then we'll let you uh, we'll roll that video. Somebody just go to that video rather than the closing thing here in a, in, as we close. Uh, probably some folks listening tonight, though, who disagree with us. We'd welcome, yeah, we'll, welcome you to, that to won't contact. That will be an unusual thing. No, that, will, that will be new. And we would, well, we welcome that. Uh, we'd like to hear from you, and we'd even be welcoming you to come and be a part of the program via the phone or via Skype or in person, even if you wanted to come and talk about how you uh, how you view this subject. We'd like to hear from you. 
Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. And, uh, Dad, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you, Monty, for taking time out of your schedule to be here. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you for listening to the program. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word in the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Internship, and I said, send her. So, Lauren, come on up. This is our preaching intern who's about to. Yes. Look at that. Look at that. I grew up at Roll Hill Church of Christ in, in like Antioch, Nashville, address. And then my dad is now the preacher at Donaldson Church of Christ. And so I went to Lipscomb. Not as a Bible major, as a communications major, and the Lord made it very clear that He wanted me to do youth ministry. So I started majoring in Bible with an emphasis in youth ministry, and did I've done three youth internships. The Lord also made it clear um, through a lot of discernment, through a lot of prayer, that I was supposed to pick up a preaching emphasis along with my youth ministry emphasis, and the people at Lipscomb have been so supportive of that. I love the Church of Christ Heritage. It's people that raised me um, and the people that have taught me everything I know about the Lord. And so it has been really cool for me to learn because in the beginning, all of this would have been really uncomfortable too. And so it's been really cool to learn alongside my family and my, my spiritual family and my communities. A lot of the ways that I've been perceiving the Lord's voice is through having peace when I walk through open doors. If I have an unpeaceful heart, then that's not really where I'm supposed to be. But if I'm in a place where I have peace about where I'm going then that's that's the Lord telling me yes um, for a lot of the times for me. What What is that that small aspect of your life, that small area that you're not giving up, that you're just reserving for yourself and you're not saying, here you go, God, this part's yours? This morning was crazy. Preaching on a Sunday morning is something that I did not know that I would ever do in my lifetime, um, in big church, if you will. Uh, and I, I know and believe that the gifts that I have are from the Lord. It is crazy that I was able to use them in our tribe in the way that I got to this morning. Very humbling to look out and see see people that are in our tribe that are okay with what's going on today. And that's cool. It's cool. It's a lot of movement. And it's the people here have been really, really encouraging in that. Um, my first Sunday, Patrick looked at me and said, welcome home. It's a blessing to have her here. Um, our church embraces uh, lots of differences. We want to be a body of unity and embrace differences. Um, and sometimes we don't walk that out very comfortably. We stagger and stumble and trip over ourselves sometimes in that. But it's just that part of being open to change. If that's what Jesus is calling us to do, we're ready to do it. But it, it, it's a process. But our family is is learning how to do that better. And it's been so encouraging to have men and women of older generations come to me and say, you are brave, or come to me and say, my mom had the same gifts you had. She didn't get to use them. I'm glad you get to. And, And things like that where it's like a lot of people know one or two people that they know that shoulda, coulda, woulda type thing. And, like, it's it's happening. There's a movement coming. And I'm just honored and humbled that... I got to even do what I got to do this morning. God says, make every effort to keep the unity of the faith in the bond of peace. When God calls us to be united, 
why is it that other people that believe in God get in our way? Um, whew, bring up a girl on stage and she'll start crying. <laughs> um, thank you for being a place that has been unified. Um, for being a place that has been encouraging. Um, for me, I've experienced a lot of love here in different ways that I haven't experienced um, through a community of believers. And this is really cool. This is a really cool, really cool place to be a part of. I would love to see... Okay, you prefer to worship this way and you get to know the Lord better this way and you serve him better over here. Awesome. And you serve the Lord over here and you get to know him better this way and you worship in this scenario. Awesome. Let's just respect each other and be unified with the fact that we love the Lord. That doesn't mean take away everything that we've ever done in our traditions. But there is unity in this. There is unity in this congregation because of what's taking place right now. Um, and and as, a, as a group of people that can see this and, and can feel this and embrace this Sunday and be excited, I also want to encourage us to be unified with the people that might not want to be here this Sunday morning. And that's okay. We are all believing in the same God. I, I do not believe that Paul, in two verses, two passages, was trying to undo the rest of Scripture. I think he was addressing a temporary issue in Corinth and Ephesus. And I think that if we know our history, we can see what it was. He was not trying to make rules for everybody and every time, or we wouldn't be allowing widows to be fed if they were of a certain age, and we wouldn't be allowing women to have jewelry on. No, these were temporary things for temporary times. What the Bible does is it tells me about Jesus. And I don't read Jesus through Paul. I read Paul through Jesus. And I think the churches of Christ are actually getting this, that we no longer read all of the Bible as equal, but rather we come to Jesus. The law and the prophets brought us to him. The transfiguration listened to him. Now, everything Paul said, he was a fellow student with us. Let's read it through Jesus. I don't want to offend anyone. Um, I'm not here to tell people they've been wrong for what they think. Just because I've been told that, I don't want anyone to be told that. But I want to be able to handle all of it with grace to know, okay, this girl is talented and gifted and she should be able to use it. I don't want those worlds faiths to come crashing down maybe rebuilt um that's gonna be a lot god wants to work with you i yes you can pray and he is here and he is gonna move i'm a firm believer that he is here and he is working work alongside him work with him and go be the hands and feet of jesus yes have a prayer life with him and believe that he's gonna move mountains and do amazing things but also stand up and put some salt in the well Say, this is what I'm going to do. This is the gifts you've given me, and here I go. I want every teenager, girl and guy, to know that regardless of what the gifts that the Lord gave them are, they can use them for his kingdom. doesn't matter what age you are. doesn't matter what race you are. doesn't matter what gender you are. You can use them for the Lord's kingdom. And that's hard sometimes. Um to be a certain gender and to, to think that you're not allowed to. But I, I want those lies to be gone. I don't want the enemy to have that hold over anyone. If the Lord's given you a gift, you are allowed to use it to glorify him. And you're called to use it to glorify him. So I would say 
I would want those girls to to believe that and to know that and to feel that and to feel that from him and to know that there's not a clashing of, I'm so confused because this is what I've learned my whole life, but yet this is what God's calling me to. I mean, I think of like Abraham, like murder is wrong, but God was like, go kill your son. And he was like, I'm following you. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you say. And like, if a girl has a calling and a passion and she knows that the Lord is telling her something, do it. I pray a prayer over all of these people in the powerful and bold name of your son, Jesus, that you just allow us to leave this place and be your people, that we wake up in the morning with more of a desire to serve you and to see you, and that, God, we can see you in everything and in everyone. Be in us and allow us to radiate with your joy. Help us to know you more with each and every day, Father, and with each breath that we breathe, God. Thank you for your movement here. We love you and we recognize that everything that was said today is yours. We do not claim that any of this is our own, but this is all for the glory and the honor and the power of you. Through your precious son's name, Jesus, we pray. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.